Hello, world, and welcome to the Philanese Nash Experience Podcast, an audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third eye opening conversations on entrepreneurship, leadership, and relationships from the African American perspective. I am your host, Philanese Nash. Welcome. And my guest today is a Nashville business banking leader. He is the co founder of the Studio Bank here in Nashville. He's a community advocate. He's a master networker. He's a family man, and he is a native Nashvillian. So if you're from Nashville, you'll know that is a rarity. So let's give a warm Philanese Nash Experience podcast welcome to Harry Allen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm I'm so glad that you agreed to be on the show because there aren't that many Black co-founders of banks. (laughs) Yeah, that, that true statement, true statement. Yeah, so I thought we would dive into that. But first, what I mostly discuss with my guests when we first get on the show is COVID. We're a year and a half into this thing, into this pandemic. It's still with us. We're actually in a spike of the second spike of the D variant. And so how have things been for your business? How have things been for your family? Tell us how you guys have fared over the last year and a half. So I'll start with the business. You know, I'm I'm actually tremendously grateful. Being a banker in the middle of of COVID and you know the economic downturn and so many small businesses trying to pivot and figure out what's what. I think that bankers were called to a front line of sorts um, to figure out you know how do we best partner and deploy capital to to those businesses that that are in need and individuals as well. Right. Um, there are a number of government programs like the Paycheck Protection Program that rode on the rails of the banking system. And, you know, it was tough. I remember in the, in the height of PPP, bankers working around the clock, but we were celebrating every SBA approval that we got. You know, that meant a retention of jobs in our community and a small business owner getting capital that they desperately needed. And so, you know, our, our team was at the desk with wine and cupcakes and was kind of a party and, and working late into the night all in one. And, and that has led to some unexpected, you know, growth um, for the bank. Um, interest rates have fallen since uh, COVID ensued, um, which meant a lot of mortgage refinance activity and purchases, um, which is good for the bank. Um and, and then, you know, I talked about the lending piece. So early on, I felt like it was awkward to talk about success from a business perspective in the middle of, of a global pandemic when so many are hurting. Right. But then I said, you know what, people need our institutions to be strong, um, especially banks that are community minded right now. So I leaned into it and, and we got after it and served as many people as we can. On the personal side, another story. All together, I've got three kids, nine, eight, and five. And uh, so, you know, the whole virtual school, in school, back virtual, like that's been nuts. Um, not able to take vacation like we usually do. So, you know, I, I think being a parent in all of this has been hard. So I, I've got a newfound appreciation for teachers all over the world. <laughs> And a lot of solidarity with with my uh, peers who are raising young young children in the middle of COVID. Everybody's been safe, you know. Everybody's good. Been, good. Yes. That's the main thing is that everyone's remained healthy and safe through this because that's not the case for many, 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 many people. You're exactly right. During You're this exactly time. Right. Okay, so I, I let off 
by saying that you are a native Nashvilleian and how for us who are not, it's unique to meet people who are from Nashville. So let's get into your origin story, Harry. You are from Nashville, but you are also leading community efforts um, Mm -hmm. in your own community. So tell us who you are. Who's Harry Allen and how did you get into banking and start a bank? Yeah. So I'm from Nashville. I'm a fifth generation Nashvillean. So my family has deep, deep roots in the community, Um, went to public schools, all the way through, um, graduated from Hume Fogg. And the summer after I graduated, I interned with SunTrust Bank. So I was 18 years old, Philonese, when I started banking and interned every summer as a part of Inroads. I'm not sure if you're- I am, yes, yes. Yeah. So SunTrust was my sponsoring company and I um, spent every summer interning in commercial banking, working with businesses, but then during the school year, served as a teller um, part-time while I was at Belmont. And so um, been in banking ever since I can remember. It's funny. Um, my wife reminded me that I was in the banking club in seventh grade. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was the president of the banking club. So I think I was destined maybe to to be in banking. Yes. Um, but yeah, stayed at SunTrust for a while, left and uh, left banking in 2008. I was the CFO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and then came back to banking in 2011. Um, and I've always had this mix of, you know, wanting to to succeed from a pro- professional standpoint, but also serve the community that has raised me. So I've always volunteered a lot. I served on my first board of directors of a nonprofit when I was 25 and just really enjoy you know, that service aspect. And I believe you can do well and do good um, at the same time. Very important. Very important. So I started off by mentioning that you are a black man who has co-founded a bank and, you know, that is a very small club. You know, there are a couple of others who are here in Nashville, Daryl Freeman, Michael Carter with Pinnacle Bank, but that's not the norm. And we do have a historically black owned bank here with citizens, but you started a new bank. You have a fairly new boutique bank. Yeah, we just celebrated three years. So tell us the story about how that came yeah. to be. And you're like, I am going to start a bank <laughs> and it's going to happen today. And how did that happen? Like, how did you also move from your W-2 into, you know, now I'm going to jump into entrepreneurship. So how did all of that happen? Yeah. So I was working for a bank and, um, it, it sold uh, to a regional bank. And, you know, at that point I'd worked for SunTrust, I'd worked for a much smaller organization. And I knew that the, the role that a community bank plays in a local community is really impactful. You know, bankers who know business owners in their backyard and who know executive directors of nonprofits and um, the folks who are serving on their boards, you know, we are empowered to make decisions for our neighbors and our, our community in a way that is different from a regional bank where loans are underwritten out of Atlanta or Chicago right. or so forth. And I knew that Nashville still needed that local bank as we grew um, as a city. That that doesn't mean that our, our community um, needs to be without uh, local decision making from a banking perspective. Um, so a coworker of mine who had actually left the bank about six months before the merger was announced, um, Aaron Dorn, Studio CEO, 
um, right when it was announced, he texted me and said, we should grab coffee. And at coffee, he said, you know, we should start a bank. Um, and my first answer was like, you're crazy. <laughs> I've got a three month old at home. I can't go to my wife on maternity leave and say, I'm quitting and starting a bank. But two weeks later, you know, um, a couple of things happened. One, I, I continued to get to know the acquiring organization and just realized there wasn't a real evident path for someone who had 20 years left in their career to continue to advance. Um, and sometimes we have to create our own opportunities for it, for advance. And then uh, Philando Castile and, and the incident of, of his shooting, and he was one of the first kind of unarmed Black men that, that caused community outrage. And there was a flood of money to Black-owned banks right around that time. And I saw an opportunity, you know, to, to really demonstrate to Nashville that we can build an organization that reflects all of this city um, in terms of diversity of industry, diversity of demographics. Um, and yes, you know, a 35-year-old from North Nashville can be a part of making that, making that happen. And I knew if it failed, there were 64 other banks in town, and hopefully one of them <laughs> would hire me. But we were tremendously successful. We um, raised some seed capital so that I could quit my job and still we could still pay ourselves through the application phase. We raised it from 38 individuals in Nashville that um, bought into the vision. One of the earliest investors was an African-American, uh, Sam Howard. Um, and he not only invested, but gave us free office space, um, which was really, really meaningful. Yeah. Um, and then in six weeks, uh, we raised another $40 million um, to, to start the bank. Wow. So I think Nashville was ready for, for something different, for sure. Now, this question came from Turner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there were two questions. First, if anyone knows you, you are like a networking master. Mm. Um, because you can't raise that kind of money without having relationships, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and yeah. it seems like just networking and meeting people and just bonding is in your DNA. Talk to us mm. about the value of networking. You know, it was obviously integral in the starting of studio, but what is the mm. value of it to you? Yeah, I love this question. So, you know, when we were all sitting around deciding, you know, what is my title going to be? What's your title going to be? You know, I chose chief relationship officer um, because a bank is made up of relationships um, and they're tr tremendously valuable. I did not fully appreciate um, the value of relationships until starting this bank and, and you know, and, and realizing it as an opportunity to leverage every single connection I'd made over the course of my career in life. My mm. Sunday school teacher invested in the bank, you know, every. Yes. Um, and so I tell people don't burn a bridge because you never know, you know, when that relationship um, will be important uh, right. to you. Right. You know, the other piece is, is that I just believe, and my dad was a pastor and maybe it comes from being a preacher's kid, but um, I show up at a table or a conversation with this posture of service. So, um, you know, banking at some levels about sales, um, but I never approach my work as, as a sale. I don't come across as a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I listen long enough to figure out who can I connect this person to 
or what um, resource do I have that can drive their, their business or vision forward? Right. Um, and sometimes I lead with the connection and then, you know, a year later, I'll get some business out of it. But it's because they, they remember that I connected them to their attorney or their marketing person or, mm -hmm. or so forth. Um, and we wanted to build a bank where bankers are seen as a valuable partner, not just someone who's providing a service, but an extension of the team for our clients um, and a thought partner. And, and I think that even in this day of technology, um, and you know, a lot of folks can do everything they need to from their phone when it comes to banking. At some point, you need a person to call and you need to have a conversation like, I've got this going on in my life. Um, what can you, you know, do to help? Um, and I just I love that about the work that I, I do. I, you know, I get excited about a new checking account, whatever, but it's more <laughs> about making the connections and, and leveraging the, the contacts that I have and that the bank has for the benefit of, of our clients. That's very important. Very important. I want to shift a little bit because one of the tenants, as you heard me say in the um, intro, is you know entrepreneurship, leadership, and then relationships. And so let's shift to the probably the most important relationship in your life, which is the one with your wife and your family, yeah. right? And so I always ask my guests about how do you manage work and family life, especially you're three years in. I don't know if you guys still call yourselves a startup or not, but that's still kind of within the startup arena. Definitely high growth. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And so how have you guys been able to successfully balance work life? And what have been some of the ups and downs in trying to do that and find what works for you? Yeah. So I think, you know, balance when it comes to, to work-life balance is an ongoing challenge. Like you have to... Um, similar to the vision setting, vision casting of the bank, like you have to cast a vision for what your family and your lifestyle is going to be about mm -hmm. and then determine what are those non-negotiables. Um, so I remember, you know, I've mentioned that I've served on a number of boards around town. When I had my first child, um, I decided not to join a board that met regularly in the evenings because I want to be the dad that is there at bedtime and reads right. the bedtime story and acts right. silly with the kids when I come home from work. And so it is easier to find balance when you decide on the front end what type of relationship with your family you want to have. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I used to joke with my mom, like, I don't want to be a daddy. I want to be a father, right? Like, I want to be present. Um, and that's my why. Like, if it's not working on that front, then nothing else, you know, matters. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I just decided that we try to um, make sure we're home for dinner as many nights as possible together as a family. Um, it's just really, really important. Vacationing together. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's not easy, um, but it, it's important. I think having a founding team that we all have young families, we're a young management team, so we support each other mm -hmm. in that way. And we actually rolled out a benefit to all employees last year that after four years of being with the company, the company pays for a week vacation um, for you and your family. And 
Um, it's not a cash bonus. Like it's a travel voucher. You got to go somewhere. Um, one employee said, do I have to take my whole family? And I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> that's up to you. But, you know, you can preach work-life balance. You can model it, but you can also incentivize it as an employer um, and show that care for your employees. And that's um, one of the the key terms lately is like self-care. So I am very happy to hear that studio is involved in helping its employees to maintain that work life because some companies don't, they, they want you to work. They want you to put the phone down. Don't look at anything and work here until the clock is over with. And then you can do that. Yep. I think those days are over. Yep. It's about flexibility, especially these last 18 months. I think that companies have been tested. You know, if, if you truly believe in work-life balance, how are you supporting people in the middle of a global pandemic? <laughs> and so we never forced people as things were reopening to come back to the office. We said, you do what you need to do. We've proven we can work virtually and, and giving people that time to figure it out. Perfect. So we're getting a little close to the end of our time together, but are there any call to actions or final thoughts or nuggets of wisdom that you want to leave with the listeners and viewers of the show who may be still kind of teetering on jumping and taking the leap, especially now since we've been kind of isolated for 18 months? Any final thoughts, words of wisdom that you want to leave with the people? Yeah. Well, first call to action. I wouldn't be a good entrepreneur if I didn't say if you are in Nashville Check out Studio Bank for sure. Every single deposit in our bank goes right back into this community through our lending. But in terms of you know taking that risk, there's never a perfect time um, to do something daring. You you know it's all a walk of faith um, and conviction. And I say if there has been a vision or purpose for something that you've been given to build, just figure out the first step and take it. If that step goes well, take the second step. And, you know, before you know it, you've taken 10 and you're like, oh, it's time to quit my job. There's something real here. But um, yeah, don't be afraid. Um, I think too many of us listen and buy into the voices that say you're too young, you're too black. You don't know enough people in Bell Me to raise the capital that you need. Like, no, we know a lot of people. <laughs> we, can, we can make this happen. And it's not a, a solitary journey. No one gets to their destination alone. Um, and so just nurture those relationships and, and mentors and, and things and, and let them carry you very, very far. And if I can be a part of the journey, feel free to give me a call. I'd be happy to help. Well, how can the listeners and viewers keep in touch with you and follow you? Because I know you, you're very involved in the community. You're doing some speaking gigs and, you know, panel discussions. So how can they follow you and get in touch with you? And how can they follow Studio Bank? So LinkedIn, Harry L. Allen, um, Instagram, Harry L. Allen, Studio Bank, www.studiobank.com. And uh, Harry.Allen at studiobank.com is my email. I am very approachable and willing to grab coffee or, or lunch with almost anybody in town. So hit me up. Amen. That is so very true. Cause I know a local entrepreneur that you're connecting with tomorrow. For yes, lunch. Exactly. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward. To it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I just want to, again, thank you, Harry, for agreeing to come on the show and just impart wisdom about your journey with my listeners. And so I just want to encourage anyone who is listening, follow Harry, get in touch with him at Studio Bank. Not only has he been a guest, but he also is our banker. That's right. That's Do right. Bank. 
bank at Studio Bank um, and have been proponents of that bank for quite a while now. We try to encourage anyone who's a startup, a business, or personally to, to visit you guys. And you guys are absolutely wonderful. So again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. And thank you for what you're doing. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So you can find Harry's contact information in the show notes, all of his social media links and links to any of the resources mentioned in this episode on my website, which is philanisenashexperience.com. You can find all of the episodes, seasons one and two of the Philanise Nash Experience podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, including Amazon and iHeartRadio. You can also find all of those episodes again on my website at philanisenashexperience.com. Make sure that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is of the same name, Philanise Nash Experience Podcast. You can also follow me on social media, Philanise Nash at Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I also want to encourage everyone, we are still in the throes of COVID. Make sure if you can get vaccinated, please do so. It's important so that we can start having some normalcy and begin to see each other in person. So everyone stay safe, stay well. I will see you next time. Peace. Peace.